Chet, we're out here in Queechee at Dewey's Mills Pond on a beautiful, glorious spring day, pretty blustery. And we're here to talk about a bird that is extremely common. Its distribution is vast, it's widespread, well studied. We know a lot about this bird. I'm not gonna say it's a beautiful bird. Well, I think it's really beautiful, come on. No, no, it's got some striking things and right. in, in its feathers, I will say that. But there is nothing that brings a smile to my face like the sight of a red-winged blackbird in springtime. You know, it's that bird that is a true sign of spring, and bird watchers sort of go goo-goo-gaga over it when it returns for about two weeks, and then they kind of ignore it because it's really plentiful. But they really shouldn't because it's got some amazing natural history. It really does. And one of the things that we were talking about is how its population has changed recently, right? It really has. Since the 1970s, even though it's such a common bird, it's declined by about 30%. So there was 30% more red-winged blackbirds in the 1970s than there are right now. And so even though it's really common still and there are millions of them everywhere, we need to be paying attention to things like this because it's important. It's an important decline. The other thing about red-winged blackbirds is that they're actually arriving a lot earlier now. The spring arrives earlier here in the northeast and the red-winged blackbirds are arriving on migration earlier too. Some, sometimes up to about, oh, two weeks to even a month earlier than they used to 100 years ago. And when did we first start seeing red-winged blackbirds this year? When, when did eBirds start showing its first sighting? The end of February. And 20 years ago, 30 years ago? It would what have been the end at? of March. Wow, that yeah. is a huge change. It's a big change. But we're lucky to have them here still. We are. And I want to encourage everyone to pay attention to them. So let's learn a little bit about the natural history of these things. Let's go find some red-winged blackbirds. Let's do it. They're doing contact calls. There's two males up there in the trees and they're just chirping back and forth right now. How come I can't see them? Where are they? Oh, 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 yeah. I see one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, they... well, Kent, I, I just, I'm gonna go ahead and admit this right now. If you, unless you get a good look at them, they're just not dazzling birds. All I see is a, a medium-sized blackbird. Well, here's the cool thing. You're looking at them right now, and they're not showing off the coolest part of the male red-winged blackbird. Well, because I'm not the chick they're trying to attack. They're hiding their their epaulets, those bright red patches that has a little bit of yellow on their shoulders, on their wings. They hide those when they are sort of don't want to be aggressive to each other. So these are two males. They're kind of calling back and forth, and they're hiding that red patch. But as soon as one of them gets on the edge of its territory or gets mad at the other one, they have the ability to show the bright red of the red-winged blackbird, that bright red patch, and that's sort of a warning of like, hey, don't mess with me. I've got a bright red patch. I'm a bad blackbird. So the reason they're doing this is because their mating system is called territorial polygamy. The males will migrate first, and they set up a territory, and they defend that territory against that, other males. And that's what they're doing right now, right? Yeah, they're yeah. They're here. Setting up territory. Staking it out. Right. And then the females migrate. And the males sometimes will have up to 15 females nesting in their territory. That is a busy male. <laughs> well, what well, an idiot. <laughs> yeah, because, and the good thing about this, well, the interesting part about this is that females will also have, well, we call them EPCs, right? Extra pair copulations. Right, they will find other males because you can't watch 15 females all the time. They will have, uh, well, extra pair copulations with other males. But the male is trying hard when it's sort of 
bopping around on these cattails, flashing its epaulette, that big red patch. It's trying hard to keep the other males away. It right? is, and, and I should say, these males don't usually have 15 females on their territory. That's a very high number. Usually it's, you know, two to five. Yeah, Sometimes, something more reasonable. Right, well, they can't watch all them. All right, let's go down a little bit further and see if we can run into a male who's really protecting his territory. Well, and maybe we can get a look at him. Um, they they kind of, they flip their wings out and they'll bob a little bit and they look really aggressive. And they're very conspicuous, the males are, but the females, not so much, right? No, the females are sort of streaky brown and black. They kind of blend in with the habitat. They try to lay low. If you didn't know what you were looking at, if you saw these two birds next to each other, you might even think they were a different species. Yeah, they look completely different. Here we are. This is quintessential red-winged blackbird habitat. Yeah, we're standing basically in the middle of a cattail patch on the edge of the pond. And the birds are going to be flocking in here to carve out their territory. So hey Kent, why don't you, uh, why don't you go find us a nest from last year? <laughs> well, I'd like to. I probably could find one in here, but I'm afraid that ice along the edge here is really thin. <laughs> and since you're lighter, I think you should go find How it. How about we just talk about it? <laughs> right. I bet we could honestly find a nest in those cattails. They love to build them sort of halfway down the cattails where it's really thick, maybe even three quarters of the way down the cattails. And they'll take a couple of cattails and in between them, they'll build a nice cup nest right there. Well, and it's kind of an extraordinary feat of engineering because the female will, with uh, with reeds and, and other pieces of grass, she'll lash together around some cattail reeds and she'll start building her nest that way. And then she'll use things like wet leaves and sticks and mud to really buttress it. Yeah, and there's, you know, there's going to be three to five eggs in there. There are a lot of animals that will, will prey on those eggs and on the nestlings, right? And that's why these um, cattail beds are great because they're surrounded by muck and mud and so it's harder for things like raccoons to get in there and things. But they'll also, they'll nest in pastures and hay fields. And so if you see a big clump of grass, sometimes if you go to that clump of grass, there'll be a nest right in the middle of the clump of grass on the ground. Right. And so, even though the, t the, the males are pretty aggressive and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll try and mob any predators that they see still, those nests are, uh, are easily preyed on. Yeah, one thing you can watch around these beds too when there's a nest is if a crow comes by. You'll see these red wings will attack the crow like mad. Awesome. They'll be bombing it, flying alongside of it, trying to get it rid of it. They even get it kind of aggressive with me if I get too close. You look like a crow. <laughs> well, Sarah, I'm really glad we got to get out and see the early arrival of the beautiful red winged blackbirds. And I'm sure we'll be out here seeing many, many more. I'm Kent McFarland. And I'm Sarah Zahendra. Thanks for listening to Outdoor Radio.